Continuing the fun from the state of South Carolina. Welcome back. It's y'all. It's the middle of the week, and we are still getting it done in the Palmetto State. Hello there. We'll tell you where we are. We've shifted locations here on this Wednesday edition, and I'll surprise you with our location sometime in hour two. But we're in South Carolina. That's all you need to know, and it's good to be back in this land of great, great barbecue beaches, a few mountains, and good people. Thank y'all, South Carolina. And thank y'all for the rest of the South, too, as we cover 16 states with a blend of news, opinion, politics, sports, music, cooking, fashion, and anything else out there that has to do with the South. We we kind of cover the bases here on y'all. Speaking of covering the bases, in just a few minutes here on the program, we've got Jonathan Lifite dropping by with the ACC Report. And we'll find out how the ACC teams are doing covering the bases at the College World Series, which is going on right now in Omaha, Nebraska. So ACC baseball, ACC basketball, it's the NBA draft this week. And we'll get Jonathan's take on the ACC and the NBA draft of 2019. And of course, we'll talk some college football recruiting with him. Some interesting articles out there that have come out in the last few days in terms of recruiting and some pickups for teams like the Virginia Cavaliers to discuss with Jonathan when we have our ACC spotlight later this hour. Then we'll go to hour two of today's y'all show. We'll get it going with hashtag hullabaloo somewhere in that fun. We'll reveal where we are here in South Carolina. Got to keep you going, you know, got to keep you on your toes. So we'll have hashtag hullabaloo. Then we'll have our friend Precious Harris with the Nashville Music Line. All that's going on in Music City, although we may be far away from Music City and Music Row, we still have it covered here on y'all on Wednesdays. Precious Harris will have that report coming your way in the second hour. If you want to catch us here on the Y'all Show, our number is 803-816-1170, 803-816-1170. You can also find us on the World Wide Web at y'all.com. Our website there is so easy to find and so easy for you to go check out and bookmark. But also on the World Wide Web, you can find us on Facebook. You can find the y'all.com Facebook page, like it, and each day we'll have a couple of different stories headed your way regarding Dixie, and all you've got to do is sit there and go online. We're actually encouraging you, and like maybe your employer, we're encouraging you to go online and check out fun stuff at y'all.com and y'all.com on Facebook, of course, 803-816-1170, the number to text or call any time. And you can find us on the streaming apps. We're on the iTunes podcast app, as well as TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio, all three of which go log it on and, and get it on your smartphone or your iPad, and then go search for Y'all Show and each of those three devices on your Apple iPhone or if you have another smartphone. You can just simply search for those things by searching Y'all Show, and then you can hit subscribe, and each day when we have a new show, it will come right to your device. It's just so darn easy for you to stay connected with the Y'all Show, and of course, appreciate all of our great radio stations that carry us each and every day, too. Let's start out today with a little recap of what happened in Orlando as President Trump on Tuesday evening had a big kickoff to his 2020 presidential campaign. He officially put his hat in the ring, and he's off and going, and he chose Florida as the place to do that, as Orlando right there with the Amway building there with about 20,000 
in attendance for President Trump to announce his running for the president in 2020. Surprise, surprise. Well, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is a Trump disciple, very, very vocal supporter of President Trump before even being elected to be governor of Florida. And he continues in his effort to help President Trump out. And of course, he was at the campaign kickoff. But he says that he'll continue doing his job as governor rather than being a Trump surrogate on the stump every day of the campaign. And Governor DeSantis said, I'm probably not going to be that involved. I mean, I'll go to this and if the president needs me. But as far as every single day following the news or that news of the Democrats, I mean, I got a job to do. So I'm going to be focusing on that. Now, he was endorsed in the 2018 campaign quite early by President Trump who immediately, when he did that, gave him a front-runner status. But Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, says that he's not going to pull the Lindsey Graham tactic where he goes out every day with President Trump, kind of like Graham did with John McCain back in 2008. And here in South Carolina, I know a lot of people are still quite upset that essentially Senator Graham abandoned the state for about a year and a half to two years while he was riding around a plane with John McCain everywhere. Now, of course, now Senator Graham, oddly enough, is buddy-buddy with President Trump and is often seen with President Trump. And to his credit, he is in South Carolina a little bit more now than he was way back in 2008, riding around with John McCain. Keeping the political beat going, but with a little music beat too. Hey, we just had Bonnaroo wrap up over the weekend in Manchester, Tennessee. That's the festival where... Golly, I think it's more than 100,000 people show up in a couple of fields there in southern middle Tennessee. Well, at Bonnaroo, a group signed up almost 1,400 new voters, new voter registration efforts there, and it's an all-time high for the festival. A news release from a group called Headcount says it registered almost 600,000 voters at 7,500 concerts and music festivals since 2004. Bonnaroo ran from Thursday through Sunday. Obviously, they didn't get 600,000 at Bonnaroo, but they got, as we said, nearly 1,400 new voters at this music festival. So believe it or not, actually, some good came from Bonnaroo this year. A new law in Tennessee set to take effect in October allows fines and potentially jail time for voter registration workers who don't follow new rules. Tennessee will likely be the first state imposing fines for submitting too many incomplete registration forms. And the head of that headcount, the director of engagement, Tappan Vickery, says that she hopes the group can keep providing its services without risking fines or prosecution. But there at Bonnaroo, they got a little political with their efforts last week. Now here in South Carolina, tragically, a pastor from the Columbia area has been killed in a DUI accident while helping to change a flat tire, according to officials in the South Carolina Highway Patrol. The pastor and his friend died the night before Father's Day after they were struck by this suspected drunk driver while changing this flat tire on the side of the highway. And a father of four from Columbia, Reverend Brian Kenny Walker, 49 years old, helping his buddy change the tire, was struck by a car and was killed. Cornelius Joseph Floyd was allegedly driving under the influence when he crashed into another vehicle on the side of the road and it pushed into the van, crushing the two men. And the man was rushed to the hospital, but he died. And according to a GoFundMe page, his wife and four children were all at the scene of the crash. The wife and eldest daughter were taken to the hospital to be treated for non-life-threatening injuries. He was the pastor of Bennettsville First Church of the Nazarene, 
He actually started there Easter Sunday of this year. He's also served as pastor of the Columbia Grace Church of the Nazarene Church family for more than 10 years. And the man who struck him has now been charged with two counts of felony DUI resulting in the death of a person and is being held in the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center. And he also faces attempted murder charges related to a 2018 shooting. Cornelius Joseph Floyd now facing two felony DUI counts in South Carolina. I don't have any other info on the other person killed when this drunkard hit them and, and took two lives, innocent lives over the weekend, but a sad story there. And I'll relate a story that happened to me on Monday of this week. I'm here in South Carolina and my niece, my 20, what is she now? 24 year old niece was driving to work here in South Carolina and she was struck by a drunk driver and it totaled her car. She got injured, had to have staples put in her forehead and get this, it was eight o'clock in the morning and she was hit by a drunk driver. Eight o'clock on a Monday morning and a drunk driver ran right through a stoplight as my niece was crossing the road in a busy intersection and just plowed her car. And thank goodness, she, about a foot difference, could have been a much more tragic story for my niece. So it just shows you how, first of all, thankful we are. And secondly, how pathetic someone's out there driving drunk at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning and just ran right through a stoplight. Actually came within an inch or two of hitting an off-duty sheriff's deputy who saw the whole thing and said, yes, the light was plainly green. I was crossing. I just crossed the intersection, he said, when I saw my niece's car, a Jeep Patriot, get leveled. And luckily, my niece, who's banged up a little bit, but fortunate to be alive, but just ridiculous that we've got people out there behind the wheel drunk. And on a Monday morning at 8 o'clock, for God's sakes, a man in Miami has been charged with murdering his father on Father's Day, according to police. The 32-year-old man was arrested Monday and charged with murdering his father, Marcus Sakers of Miami, charged with second-degree murder after police said he shot and killed his 60-year-old father, Fidel Peak after an argument that turned into a fight. Witnesses identified Sakers as the man who shot Peak, according to the arrest affidavit that says they got into a verbal argument with his father on Father's Day around 10.30 p.m. And a physical altercation ensued, according to the arrest affidavit. But yeah, that in Florida, not exactly a feel-good Father's Day story coming from South Florida. Now to a couple of stories that involve John Bell Edwards, the governor of Louisiana as the governor has said that upriver floods on the Mississippi River will be a disaster for Louisiana's fisheries. He says the floodwaters in the Midwest are severely hurting people who make their living from coastal seafood. So he's asking the U.S. federal government to declare a fisheries disaster for the state of Louisiana. Floodwaters rushing from the Bonnet Carey Spillway north of New Orleans have killed oysters, they've hurt fish catches, and damaged livelihoods according to a letter sent to Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross from Louisiana Governor Edwards. The freshwater has driven crabs, shrimp, and fish out of bays and marshes and into saltier water where they can survive, but oysters are stuck. They're literally glued to the bottom, and a family who works in the oyster harvesting business, they control about 10,000 acres of oyster leases in Louisiana waters, say that on a scale of 1 to 10, we are at a 9.5 destroyed, according to Brad Robin. The full impact of the flooding won't be known for some time because the spillway, which protects New Orleans levees by directing huge amounts of the Mississippi River's water, 
into usually brackish Lake Pontchartrain, it remains open. And Edwards said in a letter sent Thursday and released on Monday. And in the long-range forecast, a little rain holds up spillway closing. It might begin in about four weeks, according to a spokesman with the Army Corps of Engineers. Now, the governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, asked Wilbur Ross back on May 31st for a fisheries disaster declaration, which would make federal grants, loans, and other aid available to affected people. It would open the way for Congress to appropriate money to help fishermen and businesses that rely on them. So that is the story with all the flooding. It's now not necessarily making a huge impact from a land standpoint, flood-wise in Louisiana at this point at least, but it's already causing major problems with the fisheries of the Pelican State. More John Bill Edwards, as we promised, vegan, bacon, broccoli rice, and other veggie foods will need new names to stay on Louisiana's grocery stores next year, and that's because the governor announced Monday the Democratic governor has assigned a new food labeling restriction into law in Louisiana. Now, this law will keep veggie products from being called meat, non-rice products from being described as rice and sugar alternatives from being marketed as sugar. The restrictions begin in October of 2020. Louisiana's Agriculture Commissioner will enforce the law with civil penalties up to $500 per day for violations. Now, supporters say they're protecting Louisiana's agriculture industry and ensuring consumers know what they're buying. Opponents say the law will lessen the availability of some veggie products for Louisiana customers. Six other states have passed similar food labeling restrictions. But in Louisiana, if you're going to have out there in the grocery store something that is labeled incorrectly, like calling veggie products meat, then Governor John Bell Edwards of Louisiana is uh, coming after you. (laughs) All right, here's another story from the Pelican State. A law enforcement officer has been mauled by a gator on his arm, at least, and the gator's jaws had to be pried open. The St. Charles Parish Sheriff's deputy had a nuisance animal call and responded to a home in the town of Luling, and this dang alligator had already been spotted roaming through a backyard, and one of the deputies was trying to detain the nuisance gator by taping its mouth shut before it managed to break free. The alligator took a bite out of the deputy's arm before another deputy jumped on top of the animal. The team was then able to pry the alligator's mouth open. The injured deputy there with the St. Charles Parish deputy, he was transported to University Medical Center where he was treated for deep lacerations and puncture wounds in his right arm and thankfully released. The name has not been released of the wounded deputy, but a office spokesperson there with the sheriff's office, James Grimaldi, said the unnamed officer is expected to make a full recovery. The alligator was returned to the wild, and I I think it was a five-foot-long gator clamping down on this Louisiana deputy, but in the end, they both walk away, and that's good news coming from Louisiana. Hey, another Louisiana story, and this one is something that every other state needs to pay attention to. As thousands of drivers in the Pelican State will see insurance costs go down starting in August, the insurance commissioner of Louisiana, Jim Donnellan, announced Monday that Louisiana Farm Bureau plans to drop rates by 4.4% on its 220,000 auto insurance policies in the state. The lower premium will start on August 1st when people get new or renewed policy. That's the third car insurance company to seek approval for rate decreases from the insurance department. And the man said that earlier that State Farm and Progressive Insurance were cutting their car insurance rates. So, hey, Louisiana has got it going on. 
in terms of car insurance. And how about that? Going down, going down, down, down in Baton Rouge and across the Pelican State. That is wonderful news. And if you don't live in Louisiana and you're paying a lot of money for car insurance, you need to go call on your local agent and say, hey, if Louisiana can drop its rates, we can do it right here in my southern state. To Kentucky we go, where Wayland High School had a standout basketball player back in the day. And in the 1956 state tournament, he had one heck of a game and was named Kentucky's first high school boys Mr. Basketball. And unfortunately, King Kelly Coleman has passed away at the age of 80. And he was the all-time leading scorer in Kentucky high school boys basketball history, scoring more than 4,000 points in his high school career. He also owns the record for the most points scored in a single season. Kelly Coleman, again, he starred for Wayland High School in Kentucky. Coleman was a two-time All-American in college before being drafted by the New York Knicks in 1960, and his NBA career was short-lived after being let go from the Knicks before the 60-61 season. He died of cancer on Sunday night. Again, the passage of King Kelly Coleman, a star in nineteen in the nineteen fifties for Wayland High School in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. The Kids Count Report has just been released. It is a child well being survey, a report put out by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, which focuses on economic education, health, family, and community trends for children over a roughly seven period seven year period ending in twenty seventeen. And we have gone to the website there to learn a little bit more about this and some of the national trends of the Kids Count profile. And we are actually down. We're doing better with children in poverty compared to what happened seven years ago. 22% of children were in poverty in 2010. That number is down to 18%. Children whose parents lack secure employment, 33% back in 2010. That's down to 27%. We're doing better there. Here's another statistic. Down 10% in this category, children living in households with a high, high high housing cost burden. 41% back in 2010, now 31%. And again, another positive trend. Teens not in school and not working, 9% back in 2010. That's down to 7% now. That is really good news coming from this report. Now, how does that stack up with other states? Well, We want to first of all tell you this survey shows that California, Florida, and Texas account for half of the nation's recent child population growth, and that tracks the growth of children from 1990 to 2017. Some of the states, the number of kids from 2010 to 2017, the number's actually gone down in a percentage category. For example, Maine, 18% decrease of kids, and you have New Hampshire, 7%. New York State, down 3% and the change of children from the last couple of years or so. And that is a trend that I find a little weird. Of course, you've got some states that are absolutely going gangbusters in terms of the amount of kids that have surged there, like Nevada, for example, a 117% change in children. And in the South, Texas, 50% change. And that is big news in Texas and more of the Southern states, uh, state like Georgia, for example, a 44% increase in kids from 2010 to 2017. Again, all this put out by the Annie E. Casey Foundation. AECF.org is the website if you want to go learn more about this demographic and kind of financial 
evaluation of kids put out by this foundation. In West Virginia, they're getting ready tomorrow to have a big day. And if you're from the Mountain State, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you're not familiar with West Virginia's history, it will be West Virginia Day on June 20th. That's the day that the Mountain State officially was admitted into the Union, becoming the first and only state in the nation to be born out of conflict. And tomorrow it will be the 156th birthday of West Virginia, representing its separation from the Commonwealth of Virginia. And the conflict between Western Virginia and the rest of the state, that that conflict began back before 1863 when this happened. Now, it is a little weird that they were fighting a war in 1863 about secession, and the U.S. government was all about breaking away a portion of a state and forming a whole new state, in this case, West Virginia. Isn't that, isn't that a little weird? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened to West Virginia and Virginia. A lot of people in that area of Virginia did not want to become part of a, a new state. Is That's what happened. In fact, I've actually talked to Joe Manchin, the current senator and former governor of West Virginia, about this. And he told me, and I had never heard this, that back when West Virginia was being considered as a new state, they wanted to have another northern state during the middle of the Civil War. That's why they did this. And most of the voters that voted for the secession of that western portion of Virginia to become a new state were actually Yankee soldiers. They had Yankee soldiers who weren't even from the state voting for statehood for West Virginia. Now, isn't that crazy? And don't quote me on that. I'm only telling you what the governor, now senator from that state, told me. But it sounds about right. Again, if you know anything about Civil War history, it's downright confusing it's it's dramatic, and it's sad, and it's exciting, all mixed into one. But West Virginia is one of the many, many byproducts of the Civil War. And happy West Virginia Day to all of those celebrating in the Mountain State. And as we wrap up our headlines here on this Wednesday, a woman in South Florida is celebrating her new citizenship to this United States. She arrived here about 15 years ago from Haiti. She was born a few years ago and now she's celebrating becoming our country's newest citizen and why is this newsworthy because andrea joseph was born august 15th of 1915 that's right she's nearly 104 years old the 103 year old floridian a new citizen of our country and her daughter granddaughter and great-grandnephew surrounded her as she proudly held up her citizenship diploma in north miami Congratulations, Mrs. Joseph. What a job well done. And it's never, never too old to do it the right way. In this case, going through the process and becoming an official U.S. citizen, Andrea Joseph, a Haitian American, and now a U.S. citizen. Congratulations. And that's a look at what's going on in the South here on this Wednesday as we broadcast from not all that far from Haiti in South Florida. We're in South Carolina, although it's a couple hours away on a, on a plane at least. But, hey, lovely, lovely part of the world we're in in South Carolina. Never been to Haiti, though. I'm sure it's uh, rather hot there right now, if I had to take a guess. When we come back, it's going to be hot. When we talk about the ACC, our insider, Jonathan Lifeite, is ready to go with a report from Omaha about the ACC's teams that have been participating in the College World Series, the Florida State Seminoles and the Louisville Cardinals. We'll have an update on that, plus some football and basketball news. It's all ACC. It's coming your way next on Y'all. 
Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10e, 128GB, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630.20, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. The Y'all Show, continuing from the great state of South Carolina, which is ACC country, y'all. Welcome back. John Rawl on location. We'll reveal exactly where in the Palmetto State we are this very second. But, hey, we can't wait any longer, not just for that surprise, but for the surprise of Jonathan Leifite of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com. He's here for our weekly installment of all things ACC. And hello from South Carolina, home of a certain ACC program. I wonder which one that would be. I have no idea which one it is. Pride of Pickens County, I think, is what we're trying to come up with. Yeah, I think there's only one up there, so I'm pretty sure you're up there near, you're up there in Tigerville. Yeah, well, we're certainly doing that. Well, let me ask you here, Jonathan, as it's uh, championship time, but not for Clemson to pick up another football championship, it's college baseball championship, and Jonathan, the weather kind of got in the way on Tuesday evening in Omaha, and they've had to do some changing of the schedule today. The ACC's Louisville Cardinals facing off against Auburn. That was a game supposed to be played on Tuesday. That's been pushed back to today because of bad weather in Omaha. And then tonight, Florida State has Texas Tech at a kind of deciding game there and that's a 7 o'clock game tonight. Now, sandwiched between those two games featuring ACC teams is a game somewhere in the middle of the afternoon between two SEC foes, Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. But Louisville and Auburn, this is an elimination game. So is Texas Tech versus Florida State. Yep, and actually uh, the Louisville-Auburn game, uh, they were actually in the middle of that game 
with uh, Louisville leading 4-1, and I believe it was in the fifth inning. So they'll pick that up where they left off uh, um, uh, today, so they'll get that going. And then, as you mentioned, that is an elimination game, and I believe uh, uh, Florida State is facing Texas Tech in an elimination game as well. So both of them are kind of uh, – they got a win or die. And in the early kind of report coming out of Omaha, Jonathan, who would believe that the Big Ten's Michigan Wolverines just might be the best team out there as they went 2-0 and to start out the College World Series, which brings the question, the Big Ten has had a troubled history with college baseball. I know some of the teams have barely even kept programs alive. Jonathan, because that's kind of a, a Yankee school, to be honest with you, and a, a program that, frankly, it's not a, a very happy place to be come February when college baseball season begins. Has there ever been talk of some of the ACC programs not necessarily agreeing to have funded scholarships for college baseball? Well, actually, I believe all of them do, but there is one, with one exception, and that's Syracuse. They don't actually have a scholarship baseball team at, at this point. They're still a, a club sport. So um, in the ACC, there there are 14 programs instead of 15 that you would expect. Okay. Well, come on, Syracuse. You've got that beautiful carrier dome. Put a little baseball diamond in there, and you could have it for all three sports. But, again, tonight it's Florida State, Texas Tech, elimination game, and then if any of those teams survive, they – survive in advance maybe some of these teams from the acc will find themselves playing in the college world series finals which begins monday that on espn now jonathan we'll move over to another sport that's getting a little attention this week it's the nba draft taking place i think it's thursday and the ncaa basketball prospects hitting the 2019 nba draft lo and behold no surprise the number one prospect would be zion williamson of duke fame Jonathan, there was an article up on BustingBrackets.com. That's I get part of the fan-sided network. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but they had the five biggest hit-or-miss prospects in this upcoming NBA draft, these prospects coming from the NCAA. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, first they mentioned that there's three kind of definite hits in Zion Williamson that you mentioned, uh, Jay Morant out of Murray State, and then R.J. Barrett from Duke. Uh, but then they go through and they've got some uh, some other players that – that maybe aren't quite as uh, kind of a guarantee, hard to figure it out. From the ACC, you had uh, forward Nazar uh, Little uh, play for North Carolina. Largely, he came off the bench, so it's kind of interesting that uh, um, he's rated this high in terms of uh, you know potential. But yeah, he is definitely kind of going to be a first-round pick, but he uh, came off the bench for North Carolina. So uh, from that perspective, from the ACC, that was, uh, that was one of the players they talked about. Well, ESPN has their own kind of take on the NBA draft and the NBA from a collegiate perspective. They have an article out, ranking colleges that produce the most potentially impactful NBA players. And according to this article, the UK Wildcats come in number one, but Duke is checking in at number two. And from the ACC, North Carolina is four, Syracuse five, and that's all we have in the top ten at least. Are there some ACC programs that should have been in that mix, or would you re-rank them if Jonathan Lifite were in charge of this article, ranking colleges that produce the most potentially impactful NBA players? <laughs> uh, well, clearly Duke and North Carolina are always going to be up there. I was really surprised to see Syracuse, and then I started looking at the uh, list of players they produced, and of course they've had a couple of Final Four runs, so that shouldn't come as a big surprise. Just outside the, the kind of the, the list that they had, they also had uh, Louisville and Florida State from the ACC also 
mentioned. So the ACC definitely well represented uh, on the list. All right. Well, whether you're an ACC fan or an SEC fan or any of the great conferences out there, Southern Conference included, hey, a change is coming this fall. It's a lengthy three-point line as the three-point line is going to be extended. There's an article up from CBB today. College basketball about to become far more consumable with the three-point line extension. Jonathan, I know you probably had a chance to to weigh in as the three-point line is extending to 22 feet, one and three-fourths inches. And I'll be out there checking every court this fall to make sure it's exactly 22 feet, one and three-quarter inches. Uh, Jonathan, your thoughts on this article, and is it going to make college basketball a lot more consumable? Well, you know, it, it will certainly change the game. Um, realizing that it's only uh, the current the current the line is twenty foot nine inches, so you're looking at uh, approximately one foot four inches or so, one foot five inches right in there. So it's not a huge change, but it is a it is a, a change in and just the fact that uh, the three point line will be a little further out there is likely to spread the court a little bit more. Um, teams have been doing a pretty good job of kind of packing the middle and playing a pretty effective, you know, being able to, to, to pack the middle on teams. If you have a good outside shooting team, uh, when they, uh, when they, when they, you know, get out there, that will help your team a whole lot from an inside perspective because it will not allow teams to sag inward. Um, if you're not a good, uh, outside shooting team, I don't think it'll change how people, how teams defend you very much, but, I think this is going to probably open the game up a little bit. Um, it doesn't seem like a big change, but it will. But it will be a change. All right. Well, again, the college basketball three-point arc, at least for men's. And Jonathan, have you heard anything about the women's? Is the women going to stay where it was last year? Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that, but it would not surprise me to see them uh, stay where they are. It, but on the other hand, if they if, if they do that, there's going to end up being two lines on most courts because the men and women usually play in the same spot. So. Might make it for a confusing court, but we'll see. I'm, I, I'm not sure about that. All right, Jonathan Lifeite, 247sports.com, CBS Sports Digital. We're not ju- done with Jonathan. When we come back after the break, we will shift over from the hard court to the gridiron. We've got some college football news, big news for the Virginia Cavaliers, NC State, some news on that front, and also Clemson football. When will traditional powers in the ACC be relevant again? Dabo Sweeney's sitting there chomping the bit saying, no, never. And we will find out from Jonathan if there's any truth to that. So we'll have all that coming up as we switch over to ACC football talk. That's up next here on the Y'all Show. They always told Will he was too short to play basketball, but Will never listened. Will let his work ethic do the talking for him. Always in a gym, always running drills. Will knew where there was a will, there was a way. And he was Will. But then, after his second child was born, he realized the pros were all way better than him. So Will gave up and buried his high tops in a tearful ceremony. But one day, he heard that Geico could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch, which was awesome. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic. 
except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. The Y'all Show as we conclude this first hour of the All Southern Program. And they're the song of the Virginia Cavaliers. And Jonathan Lifite is back with us here as we continue to talk ACC now with our football goggles on. And Jonathan of CBS Sports Digital and 24-7 Sports, an article out from the Roanoke Times about Virginia Cavaliers football. This is a program last year that had a pretty darn good year. I know they had a head-scratching loss, at least in Virginia's eyes, to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets late in the season. But they rebounded from that, and then they really blew a chance at the end of the season against Virginia Tech. Could have been the first victory over their rival in a long time. But they made up for it, Jonathan, when they went to their bowl game, the Belk Bowl, and they blanked those South Carolina Gamecocks. Was it 28 to nothing, something like that, in Charlotte? Yep. Yep, that's uh, they. They definitely did that. Um, I don't think that loss to Georgia Tech was quite as head scratching as you do, but the Virginia Tech loss definitely was. They should have uh, easily uh, won that game and somehow or another found a way to blow it. Um, but uh, uh, Bronco Mendenhall has done a pretty good job. He's done a really good job of finding players and then developing them. Uh, Donovan Johnson, they just got a commitment from. He's a defensive back out of Louisiana, um, and he is committed uh, to uh, to play for UVA next year. So. Always good to see uh, an ACC team go and get some talent from really kind of an SEC uh, uh, territory. From Helen Cox High School, Harvey, Louisiana. And go back to that Georgia Tech-UVA game. Didn't somebody miss a chip shot field goal? Um, their field goal kicker did have some struggles in that game. Um, and it, it ended up going to overtime. Um, as a matter of fact, in overtime is when he missed the field goal That's what to, I thought. Lose, to lose the game for them. So. Head scratching. Um, it was head scratching. Come on, admit it. No, I won't admit it. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a bad loss there. But unfortunately, for G- Virginia fans, probably aren't even thinking about that Tech game. They're thinking about that game they blew up. They blew against Virginia Tech there to wrap up the regular Absolutely. season. They should have never lost that game. But they yep. kind of got a consolation prize when they destroyed the Gamecocks there in the bowl game. 
in Charlotte. Now let's go to Raleigh and NC State football recruiting at a glance in the Dave Dorn era. This is an article out on SB Nation's, what is that, uh, Backing the Pack is the website there. Stephen Muma's got an article out. Jonathan, what's going on with Dave Doran? We know recently when I had you look at the 24-7 sports composite rankings, NC State was way on up there in recruiting. Yeah, um, they have done a really good job uh, up there of identifying talent. They're not quite on the elite recruiting, uh, uh, but they're, they're kind of one step down from that. Um, they've been hanging in there. Currently, they're sitting at uh, 19th and 247 list. I think uh, if you look at them from an ACC perspective, they're usually they've been sitting in kind of fifth or sixth, which is a pretty big jump for them. They they had traditionally been kind of a little lower than that, and right now they're sitting in sixth place. Uh, if you look at you know kind of where we are today, so uh, Doran's doing a good job up there. They've been you know certainly improved the level of talent from from before when he was there. Um, he's done a really, really fine job of uh, of improving that program and getting them to, you know, take a step up from um, from where they had been performing. Well, Coach Doran doing a good job, but he's got to step his game up just a little bit more now that Mac Brown is on Tobacco Road coaching the Hills once again, and an article out from SEC's the one of the big schools in the SEC, those Tennessee Volunteers, nothing to quite be scared of quite yet. But an article on the Knoxville News website says that the new North Carolina and Georgia Tech coaches could hurt Tennessee volunteer football recruiting. That out from the New Sentinel's John Adams. Maybe the second president has found a new calling working for the Knoxville News Sentinel. But your thoughts on is indeed Mac Brown and Coach Collins at the Institute in Atlanta, are they really putting a hurting on Tennessee right now? Um, you know, maybe not, not directly, but you know, I don't think there's a lot of direct competition, but in kind of indirectly, um, certainly they are, uh, Jeff Collins is going after, you know, uh, players he hasn't gone after. He's likely to get a lot more out of Georgia. And if he lands even two or three more that, uh, that, you know, that he, that he hadn't been, that, that Georgia Tech hadn't been getting out of um, out of the state and, and out of the city of Atlanta, maybe, you know, two or three more highly regarded recruits than what they had been traditionally getting. Um, then that's going to put pressure on all the teams that like to recruit Atlanta. And that includes Auburn, um, you know, teams like Auburn, you know, maybe not directly Alabama given how they recruit at such a high level, but certainly Auburn and, uh, and Tennessee are teams that like to do that. South Carolina is probably another one that would see kind of an impact as well. So those types of teams are probably going to get some competition. And Matt Brown, um, you know, Tennessee does like to dip into the state of uh, North Carolina, and he's done a much better job of locking the state down. So uh, probably will have an impact on him there. So I, I think the guy is right that, that it will uh, put a little bit of a squeeze on Tennessee. Um, it may not be completely detectable, but I think that they're probably, you know, probably one or two, maybe three recruits a year that, that perhaps – might have gone their way, might end up staying you know, closer to home in, in Atlanta or in North Carolina. Well, for a lot of our listeners may not know the history between specifically Tennessee and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. These two teams, even when Tech left the SEC back in the early 60s, they continued to play for decades. It was until roughly the late 80s, I think, the last time these 19, two. 1987 to be exact. Okay, uh, something tells me you were probably at that game. I sure was. 29 to 15, Tennessee won. Oh, okay. 
Well, my question to you, Mr. Lifeite, Mr. Georgia Tech guy, <laughs> how did Tennessee hold up all those? I mean, how did Georgia Tech hold up against Tennessee most of those years? Was it a fairly uh, evenly matched series? It was a fairly evenly matched uh, series um, in terms of the, uh, you know, the overall uh, outcome. I, I'm not sure who holds the the uh, the exact uh, um, series series winners, but if you give me a second, I'll I'll probably have it here in a minute. Well, while you're so looking ten- that up, one reason that series probably continued, and I think this might not be just a probable, I think it's why it continued, is the connection with Bobby Dodd. Right? Wasn't he a Tennessee yeah. volunteer? Absolutely, Bobby Dodd played for uh, General Nayland up at uh, up at uh, um, Tennessee. And then later, he actually coached a little bit there before he came down to Georgia Tech under William Alexander, and then later succeeded Alexander as the head coach. And by the way, the all-time series, Tennessee leads 25-17-2. to 17 to two. Okay. Most recently, so, those two teams opened up Mercedes-Benz Stadium, a game talking about head-scratching. Georgia Tech easily should have won that game and had to go into double overtime or something like that for Tennessee to prevail in that very first game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium going back now three years, I think it was, when Paul Johnson's yep. club missed an opportunity in that season opener against the Tennessee Volunteers. So we know now Tennessee's got not only the traditional rivals to worry about, but North Carolina's their effort by Mac Brown and Jeff Collins, what he's doing with Georgia Tech, something to keep Tennessee fans a little uneasy, perhaps. How about a team that has nothing to fear but fear itself, the Clemson Football Tigers? And there's an article out on FanSided from the website Rubbing the Rock. Clemson Football, when will traditional powers in the ACC be relevant again? And Sean Spencer's very first title or the the first the lead of this is the ACC is bad and Clemson football has taken advantage Jonathan do you have a problem with that statement uh, I, I do think that the ACC is probably not as bad as, as most people claim it to be there's a lot of parity um, you know kind of behind Clemson but Clemson clearly has taken advantage and they 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 took a step forward when they saw and it took took you know saw a gap and Dabo Sweeney did a great job and now they're recruiting on an elite level that they have a gap not just over the ACC but really to me any team not named Alabama there's they have a gap between them and everybody else so um, they've done a good job but uh, you know the ACC needs to step it back up and there's a number of programs that uh, that can do that and you know certainly we see uh, there's a number of new head coaches. Um, you've got Manny Diaz at Miami. There's a program that certainly uh, has got the history that can just to back it up. Uh, Georgia Tech with Jeff Collins, they've got a new coach, so recruiting better. Matt Brown, we talked about him as well. Um, there's there Bronco Mendenhall at uh, at UVA has done a good job of getting them. And then probably the one that, uh, that is the most head scratching of them all is what's happened to Florida State. They certainly, you know, uh, just the early part of this decade. Uh, they were in the national championship hunt every year, winning, uh, I believe it was 2013 that they won. Uh, but under Jimbo Fisher, I think they made uh, made at least two appearances in the college football playoff. May have been may have been a third one. I can't remember. Yeah. So, but certainly we know Florida State won't stay down long. Um, I think Miami and and a couple of those other teams. We talked about Dave Doran. Uh, they, I think the coaching the coaching staffs that are at Georgia at. Uh, at uh, the ACC programs now, I think it's one of the stronger groups that have been there in uh, quite a while. All right. Well, you can weigh in on that if you like as a listener and see what all is being discussed 
from the ACC. Jonathan, thank you, sir, as we've been able to have our ACC spotlight with you. Jonathan with CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week, sir. All right. Thank you much, and have a great week. When we come back on Hour 2 of today's Y'all Show, we will get things going with hashtag Hullabaloo and Sandwich Somewhere There is going to be our big reveal. Where the heck in South Carolina are we? Well, let me just give you a little bit of a hint. We're kind of, sort of, in the South Carolina low country, and we're in a special town, a town that's brought me great memories through the decades. And most of you probably never heard of this town, and we'll tell you where it is and maybe a celebrity connection to this town when we start out hour two. Plus, we'll go to Nashville. Precious Harris is standing by on Music Row with the latest report from Country Music's Capital City. And we have the fallout still coming from the recent CMA Fest in Nashville. And we'll find out exactly what other parties Precious has been able to go to the last few days. We'll have all that and much, much more as we continue from South Carolina. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. And this is the show where we talk with a Southern accent. As we watch the suburban garden gnome carefully, carefully without disturbing it, we notice that it moves like not at all. It's inanimate and utterly without brain function. But despite that, when a garden gnome hears about how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, it's clear to them you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. But on second thoughts, maybe don't watch garden gnomes too carefully. People might talk. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Hour two of the Wednesday Y'all Show from South Carolina continues. Hello there, John Rawl, as we broadcast here in the Palmetto State all this week. Enjoying a little summer, or kicking off the summer. We, I think Friday is the official start of summer, if I'm not mistaken. But right now, it's the official start of the second hour of the Y'all Show here. And coming up in just a few minutes, Precious Harris is going to join us from Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee, where we'll go find out what all's going on in the day's post-CMA Fest and all the other fun stuff going on in Nashville, Tennessee. Precious Harris, who has been a part of our show for the year that we've been on the air, can't wait to find out what's going on with Miss Kentucky when we visit with her in just a few minutes. Hey, if you want to reach us here on the Y'all Show, our number is 803-816-1170, our website, y'all.com. And, of course, you can find us on those streaming apps if you have any of your on your phone or perhaps on your iPad. It's the iHeartRadio app. It's the TuneIn Radio app. And it's the Apple Podcast app. All you have to do is search for Y'all Show in any of those apps. Click the subscribe or like button, whichever the case may be. And this show will come automatically to your device. And you don't even have to think about it each day that we put this All Southern Show up on the Internet. And if you are listening to us on one of our great radio stations, comes to you there as well. Well, we are in South Carolina, as I've said, but I've been holding off here. The big reveal, it's time to tell you where we're located Today on this broadcast, we've been in the Columbia area most of this week. 
Well, we've worked our way toward the low country, and we are broadcasting drum roll. Today, we are in Holly Hill, South Carolina, which is in the lower portion of Orangeburg County. We're about 45 minutes north of Charleston, about an hour, 10, 15 minutes south of Columbia, just kind of nestled next to Lake Marion in the borderline of the low country, South Carolina. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give them the low country because guess what? They've, I told y'all here many times on the show, I want to live where there's Spanish moss. And they got Spanish moss in Holly Hill, South Carolina. And so we're here, going to have a good time. The Singletary family has been kind enough to welcome me in as uh, Mr. Singletary and I were roommates back in the day in college. And he and I are having a good time. We had a nice meal at Cracker Barrel, good Tennessee company. And we're enjoying the local scenery and what a beautiful area this is. And it's great to be back in Holly Hill, South Carolina. Now, if you're not familiar with Holly Hill, and I bet you a lot of people there have never heard of this wonderful place, here's a little info you may not know about Holly Hill in Orangeburg County, South Carolina. The population, well, going back to 2000, it was just over 1,200 people lived here in this town. And it's got various industries, a lot of agriculture in this area of South Carolina, great soil. It's really kind of a neat place because of where it's located from a transportation standpoint. Holly Hill is essentially where Interstate 95 intersects with Interstate 26. So people that live, let's say, Cleveland, Ohio, are all the way up into more towards Chicago. Not hard to get down to this part of the Atlantic coast on an interstate like Interstate 26 or I-77. And then Interstate 95, if you know anything about that, it's the main interstate that goes along the entire Atlantic seaboard from Florida all the way to New York City and beyond. And so that's a lot of traffic comes through this part of the world here in Holly Hill. Historic town. It was founded, oh, back in, I think, early 1900s is when it officially got going. Prior to 1910, it was located in a different portion of Berkeley County, but it was moved here. Railroad, I believe, was a big part of Holly Hill's history, and so that is why this town kind of boomed and and brought in a lot of different industries, and agriculture still a big deal here in Holly Hill. Now, some of the famous names that have come out of this town, Frank Culbertson Jr., a former NASA space shuttle astronaut, also Willie Randolph, if you like baseball. He's a former Major League Baseball player and manager. Another former baseball player is Jimmy Coker. And here is the local guy that is probably the biggest name maybe yet to come out of Holly Hill, South Carolina. He's a current player for the New York Yankees, Brett Gardner. Yeah, Brett's been with the Yankees for a number of years, I think, Going back to 2008 was when he made his debut. He wears number 11 for the Bronx Bombers, and he is from right here. In fact, if I look out the window here, I can just about see the home that Brett Gardner grew up in here in Holly Hill. This is not that big of a town, by the way, but yeah, he is from Holly Hill. He's been, I think, the leadoff guy for years for the Yanks, and he he played at a tiny private school here, Holly Hill Academy, and when he came out of high school, Nobody, at least the big boys, wanted him. He had to walk on at the College of Charleston back in 2001, and the Cougars gave him a shot, and he took that opportunity to go gangbusters for the College of Charleston Cougars and ended up having around a 400 batting average and had a chance to go on to the major leagues. And he's been a part of the New York Yankees again 
since 2008. And despite going into the dugout the other day and knocking himself upside the head with a batter's helmet, he's had a great career and has done a good job. An all-star in 2015, a World Series champ, Gold Glove Award, and more. Brett Gardner of the New York Yankees from right here in Holly Hill. But uh, baseball is something that they must do quite well here in Holly Hill. But they also do great barbecue. Just down the road here is Sweatman's. Sweatman's is in Utahville, which is literally a couple miles away, four or five miles, not far at all. That's one of the best barbecue joints you'll find anywhere in South Carolina and the Southeast, often featured on television shows. And I've been there with my friend Matt, and it is unbelievable. And I'm a guy who's familiar with great barbecue, and it's one of my favorites. So that's one of the many reasons to come to Holly Hill, South Carolina, if given the chance. Now, before I got here, I stopped off in Pillion, South Carolina, my mother's hometown, uh, earlier on Tuesday. And i got to tell you this quick story. Went out to lunch with my uncle, and we had a great lunch. When we were leaving, I noticed a guy in there looked like he was a pilot. And sure enough, there's an airport in Tiny Pillion that's spelled P-E-L-I-O-N. That's my maternal hometown. And I actually, on the way into Pillion, stopped by that airport because my grandfather helped get that airport built there 40 years ago. And I'd always heard that there was some kind of marker with his name on it. And sure enough, I stopped by there just yesterday for the first time ever. And there was my grandfather's name up on the wall. So that was kind of neat. But I inquired when I was at this restaurant to this pilot, hey, I said, did you just fly into Pillion's airport, which is literally in the middle of the country? It's it's really very rural in Lexington County where that's located. And the guy was said, yeah, I flew in here. In fact, I flew in here just to come to this restaurant. And I said, what? And sure enough, this guy was flying from Winston-Salem, North Carolina to Savannah, Georgia, and he flies this route regularly. And he often, like twice a week, frankly, from what I understand, flies not as airplane but as helicopter and he flies right beside this mexican restaurant sets down goes in there eats a meal and then takes off now that's some good customer service there for that mexican restaurant in pillion south carolina so hey if you're in the area come in your car your horse or your helicopter and check that out but i thought that was a, a really neat story to see that with my own eyes in pillion south carolina home of the panthers and home of a great Mexican restaurant if you're kind of out there looking for that. But, yeah, we're having a good time in South Carolina, and this is kind of our hashtag hullabaloo, talking a little bit about this state and our travels here. And i I got time for one quick thing that I'm going to share with you here on hashtag hullabaloo. This comes from Cat Beatty at Cat B-E-A-T-T-Y, a meditating doc, a honky-tonk mom tog and a lover of football and cat Beatty writes few things in life are better than a fresh creole tomato sandwich hashtag vegan hashtag southern now i'm going to talk about the creole tomato sandwich in just a second but there's something i just read off there for cat Beatty that i had not heard of that expression a mom tog okay what in the world is a m-o-m-t-o-g I don't know if that's a fancy Holly Hill, South Carolina term or, or what, but I did some research, and according to the experts here in Holly Hill, momtog is one of these kind of new terms for moms who love digital photography. So, yeah, if you're a mom and you like taking great digital photos, you're a momtog, according to what I found out. So thank you, Cat Beatty. And she's got a picture of a delicious, fresh Creole tomato sandwich. Well, true to form, when I arrived in Holly Hill on Tuesday, my 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 bed and breakfast here that I've got here, and I use that term loosely, they 
are kind enough to welcome me here to Holly Hill. The friends that I'm staying with, he's got a garden in the backyard. I didn't see any tomato sandwiches. I saw him picking squash, but I bet you here in Holly Hill, it's just about time, if not there, just about ripe time for tomatoes. And try that fresh Creole tomato sandwich if you haven't already. I'm looking over at my guy. You got fresh tomatoes out there? No? Are you going to? No, he didn't plant tomatoes? You slacker. Well, he's got squash, so I bet that would be a squash sandwich. Yeah, it's probably not as good as a fresh Creole tomato sandwich. So we'll have to try that. Hey, give me some tomatoes when I come back, okay? This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. When we come back, we'll go straight to Nashville, Tennessee. Precious Harris is going to be dropping by with all that's going on in Music City, USA. You don't want to miss it as the Y'all Show Holly Hill Edition continues. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. Y'all know this is a show that's all about the South, and you can't do a show that's all about the South called Y'all if you don't do a little talk about country music. And that's what we do right here each and every week when we bring on the Maven of Music Row. Precious Harris joins me, John Rawl, here as we broadcast from South Carolina this week, but our hearts and minds are always on Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee. Precious is the author of I Know Country. With 366 daily country music questions and answers, you can buy Precious's production, instantly download it, and get your ebook copy at iknowcountry.com. Precious is also a music career development consultant with the emphasis on new and aspiring artists and songwriters. You can follow the Precious Harris's blog at nashvillemusicline.com. Hello, Precious. 
Hello, darling. And just today we posted day one, day two, day three, day four of the CMA Music Fest. And it's so overwhelming with over 350-something shows and acts and everything. I'm not even going to start to tell you about it. Just check it out at NashvilleMusicLine.com. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, and again, that wrapped up two weeks ago in Nashville. And then you had Bonnaroo wrap up this past weekend. Any word from Bonnaroo, Precious? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, somebody had uh, – they said the, the lines were about four to five hours to get inside of Bonnaroo. And, unfortunately, somebody lost their life yeah. again. Well, when you got that so, many people together – you often have injuries and sometimes deaths. In fact, I didn't know until I started hanging around the Talladega International Speedway that every year when there's a race at Talladega, they go out there like two days after the race and they find two, three, four, five different people that have died mainly from drinking too much beer and they pass out. It's hot and they literally die of dehydration and never know it. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Well, I have heard of it, but I, I had heard it that happened several years ago at Talladega, but I didn't realize it was something that they physically have to check out every time it's over with. Well, yeah, like a day or two after when everybody's cleaning up and there's still somebody's campsite or whatever there, a lot of times, unfortunately, they go in there and they find that somebody drank too much, and then the heat uh, is not helping out in this case, and that's what happens. Unfortunately, we have that also in some of our music venues precious way back in the early 90s when you and i were both covering stuff and going to fanfare there was an artist on mercury records named shania twain that made her big debut at a cma fest then known as fanfare as we broadcast Mm -hmm. this week and right now we're in beautiful holly hill south carolina a great friend of mine has been gracious enough to welcome me in here and this great friend I know he went out of his way to hear a young artist named Shania Twain perform at that CMA Fest, then known as Fanfare. And Shania Twain was the featured artist on Mercury Records that year when she was just getting going. And guess what? Something happened and she didn't perform. And my friend was heartbroken that he and Shania <laughs> couldn't make a love connection there back in 1994. So what's up with Shania these days? I know she's been out in Hollywood Resort and Casino, uh, Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Vegas and more What's the Shania Twain Mercury Records recording artist info? Well, you know, she hasn't. In 2015, she actually started touring again for the first time in 11 years because she went through a really bad divorce because there's never a good divorce. Uh, but she is well. Let, let, let's let's love. go ahead and get the gossip out here, and this has been publicized. Her divorce yeah. is unlike most divorces because there was a little bit of a spouse swap is that right yes sir that's what i thought it happens in kentucky all the time oh i know it happens <laughs> no in kentucky it's, it's swapping out with your sibling yeah <laughs> yeah, but, yeah no i'm kidding we love kentucky we love kentucky but yeah shania and her husband mutt lang who really was probably the biggest reason she became an international superstar was the sound that they made when they got together professionally and then they actually got married too and moved over to switzerland but yeah there was a spouse swapperoo and uh that's something that was her housekeeper oh yeah well shania married the husband of the housekeeper or something right yes okay i guess they were crying on each other's shoulders and it turned into blossom into love well this is not gossip this has been well publicized yeah you just google yeah, just Google. You'll see it come up all over the place. Hmm. But I was going to tell you, Miss Shania, uh, 
And a lot of people don't believe that she's out. So Dolly and Loretta Lynn and some of the other bigger female artists in country music history. But she has she has sold over 100 million records because a couple of her albums, I mean, singles on her records have crossed over to the pop genre, which made her explode. You know, but she uh, she loves performing. You know, she was raised really, really poor, raised her brothers and sisters. So she has that a um, dollar of every one of her ticket sales is going to her Shania Kids Can, which helps support kids for their dreams. And because and she literally lived herself up from poverty to become who she is and came to Nashville and, you know, did it the right way and started performing and meeting people, networking. And, you know, and she actually had her first video out and her first record done before Mutt ever met her. He saw her said, I, I want to produce this artist. I, I think I can make her a super superstar. And he did. And then, uh, but anyway, she's actually already been in Caesar's Palace. She was actually uh, already in Las Vegas in 2012 to 2014 for a couple of years before she began touring again in 2015. So she had already been out in the spotlight in 2012. And now she's back out there as the, the Vegas residency starting December the 6th. Because she loves performing. That's her favorite thing to do. So that gives her you know, a steady uh, performance thing. So we'll have to go see her out there if we get to see her. And one of the Tell songs, of course, you'll be hearing from Shania, who sold over 100 million records. She's the best-selling female artist in country music history and among the best-selling music artists of all time, Shania Twain. I think her real name is Eileen or something like that. And, uh-huh. and man, what a talent back to 1994, 1995, when she had this song that we played to start the segment. Whose bed have your boots been under? Precious. You need to answer I love that question. That song. Well, who, whose bed have your boots been under? Mr. Harris. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought we were going to get some good scoop from you like we've got from, Pre- uh, from Shania. I wish I could, but I'm an old married woman now. <laughs> Well, Shania's not quite that uh, old nor young, but gosh, she's still beautiful. I saw. Oh, she's oh yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. An, an interview with her on the inside. Oh, well, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. I, I did my best. I think you and I both went to that first gold party she had. She had that same red dress on that she had in the "Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under" music video in an area now known as the Gulch in Nashville, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, she's very thrifty, very yeah. thrifty lady. Well, she doesn't need to be, as we just told everybody. Shania has sold over 100 million records. I think she's got a few extra pesos that she could go out and get a nice dress if she wanted to. All right, let's move on to a more current artist. Broken Bow Records' Chase Rice will kick off his fall headlining AMPM tour on August 1st in East Providence, Rhode Island. And what do we know about what Chase has in store on this tour and some of his buddies that will be maybe helping him out? Well, actually, um, uh, I was I interviewed Chase this week. It's also on my website. He celebrated his uh, country airplane number one song for Eyes, um, Billboard number one, too, called Eyes on You. Now, here's the funny part. He co-wrote it with Ashley Gorley, which is a Kentucky boy, who this song, Eyes on You, is his 40th number one record as a songwriter. And... Um, the other co-writer is an incredible producer who's had, I think, 18 number ones as a songwriter, Chris Stefano, and he's written songs for Carrie Underwood. He's written songs. He actually co-produced Dan and Shay's last record. So he's an incredible pro- – I think he can play like 10 different instruments is the joke. And then, of course, his other supporting is Warner Brothers uh, 
another it's overflowed with uh to to testosterone or whatever they call it but kale dodds is an artist on uh warner brothers and uh and of course so is devin dawson and uh singer songwriter now john knight and it's j-o-n spelled like your name knight n-i-t-e he co-wrote and i've got i just had a brain fart but uh the last party i went with him to he had a number one record for keith urban so he's in they're all like very well versed as far as songwriters and performers so he's got a lot of good people uh joining him for his fall headlining tour i think it's kicking off in rhode island uh, yeah. on august the first august first which you know when i think of country music i don't often think of east providence rhode island maybe you do i, I don't know. but that's i don't <laughs> no. maybe, a headlining tour i would think of maybe delaware rhode island or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's way on up there the ampm tour from again chase rice artist on broken bow records and you can go to chase rice.com for all the tour dates and ticket info, and let's go on to another hit maker of today. Warner WEA recording artist Morgan Evans has extended his world tour for 2019 with shows in both the U.S. and A. Canada. And the North American leg kicks off way down the road in November, November 6th. It starts in Vancouver, British Columbia. Morgan Evans, and of course, he's married to Kelsey Ballerini. And they both, uh, I guess he wrote I Do when she was his fiance. His current single is Young Again, following the 2018's Day Drunk Morgan Evans. Precious, do I need to make plans in November to head out to Vancouver and see his tour getting going? He actually is incredible. I was at his number one party uh, about three, four months ago, and he did it at the sound check here. And you see all these lights and you see this huge stage and he was had come up with a, a floor thing that he could literally have his entire band with him. And there was nobody on stage with him just by punching the things on the floor and playing the guitar. I was at all Tracy Lawrence goes, look at that stuff. He didn't say stuff, but it was amazing. He was there at the number one party too. And, he literally sounded like there was four or five people playing with him. It was just him and his guitar making these incredible sounds as he strummed his guitar. And of course, he said, isn't this great, folks? You know, with his Australian accent, he thought it was like so much fun to be playing with this like a little toy. But he was like a kid in a candy store. And if you want to see something incredibly cute, it's him and Kelsey together. They really support each other. And, of course, he blushes every time he mentions her name. And uh, I can see why they got married. They are just literally a match made in heaven, no pun intended. Yeah. But uh, but he is he's literally he's got stops and as many as homeland as he does around the country because he loves performing New Zealand, England, Scotland, Ireland, Germany and Canada. So, um, yeah, he's got a lot going on. I, I'm hoping that that they'll route Kelsey through there too, but I don't know how long he's going to be gone, but they both live in Nashville. So the good thing is when they both come off tour, they're both here in town, you know? Yeah. Morgan Evans, the Aussie and his Tennessee bride, Kelsey Ballerini. And again, his current single is young again. Check it out on your local country radio station. And of course the download available right now. 
when we're talking country music we talk to precious harris we got to go to a break when we come back hey she is not bashful she doesn't mind bragging about her native commonwealth of kentucky and a band by the name of kentucky headhunters one of my favorite bands from the early 90s we've got some news on kentucky headhunters that you want to stick around for that we've got a trivia question as we go to break which country duo was made honorary marshals of Deadwood, South Dakota on June 19th, 2005. Taking you back 14 years, what country duo made honorary marshals of Deadwood, not the television series, but Deadwood, South Dakota? We have the answer after this break as we continue talking with Precious Harris. Don't you go anywhere. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Well, I walk into the room Passing out hundred dollar bills And it kills and it thrills Like the horns on my Silverado grill And I buy the bar double round a crown And everybody's getting down in this town Ain't never gonna be the same Cause I saddle up my horse And I ride into the city I make a lot of noise Cause the girls they are so pretty Riding up and down Broadway on my own Roy and the girls say, Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Everybody says, Save a horse, ride a cowboy. We're back at y'all, and we are talking with a southern accent as we wrap up our show today with the Precious Harris Country Music Report, and she's the author of I Know Country with 366 daily country music questions and answers. The website, iknowcountry.com. Plus, Precious is a country music career development consultant that covers more than just country. She can help you out if you want to go more in the contemporary Christian field or bluegrass field, whatever. She's just a darn good music career development consultant, emphasizing on the aspiring artists and songwriters. Follow Precious's blog, NashvilleMusicLine.com. And Precious, as we went to break, we posed a question for the y'all audience. On this date, back in 2005, which country duo 
was made honorary marshals of Deadwood, South Dakota. Precious, what is that answer? It's actually Big Kenny and John Rich, or, you know, Big and Rich, they call them. Yeah, which I got to give them credit. I don't know who gets the credit on that, but that was a heck of a creative decision to come up with a really cool name for guys that – Face it, John Rich had already had some success as a member of Lone Star. I had never heard of Big Kenny before, but to come up with that nickname for that duo, Big and Rich, was genius. Whoever gets the credit on that? Yeah, well, Kenny's really tall, so that's where he gets it. And uh, and his he actually married the lady that was doing his makeup, and they've been married for years now. They met on the set of a video. But John, uh, my better half, Mr. Harris, I was crazy busy with six girls at my house last week which one of them, her record came out this week, a contemporary Christian record called Shine. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Creation. Uh, anyway, but her name is Shell Marie. Check it out. Incredible. She co-wrote every song on the record. Very proud of her. Um, if you if you love Lauren Daigle, you would love this record. Uh, okay. Anyway, but back to John. He has his own line of redneck Riviera whiskey, and Mike got to interview him and his 96-year-old Granny Rich who used to, has made his clothes ever since he's been on stage, from custom-making jeans to all of his shirts, his jackets, everything. Well, Big and Rich had a number 11 hit on the country charts back in 2004 with the song we played there, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, a very unusual song that has stood the test <laughs> of time. <laughs> it has, but I'm really surprised it wasn't a number one song because it was like you almost got sick of it. It's almost like, and please don't take this wrong out there, uh, you know, afforded fgla but because uh, they are you know southerners but you know cruise i got so sick of cruise i thought i was gonna die and body like a back road i mean you can just hear so much you know but uh anyway but, but it's up there with one of the songs that you know it's one of those songs that ought it, it like immediately caught on mm-hmm. you know and uh and it, i wear it out it Hope made Made history back in 2004, 15 years, some 15 years ago. On this date in country music here, history, Fair and Young, the, what was he, the old sheriff or some kind of nickname like that, his signature hit yeah. was Live Fast, Love Hard, Die Young. It peaked at number one on the Billboard country chart back in 55, 69. The great Glenn Campbell was on top of the charts on the country album chart with Galveston, the singer's 13th studio album spent 11 weeks, number one, and 26 weeks on the chart. It was on this date back in 2008, 11 years ago. Loretta Lynn joined the Songwriters Hall of Fame during a ceremony at the Marriott Marquis Hotel in New York City. And just two years ago, here's a guy that, man, I can't get enough of his music. Luke Combs out of North Carolina was at number one on the country album chart with his debut studio album, This One's For You. The album features the hits Hurricane, When It Rains, It Pours, and one number away, Luke Combs. And Precious, we haven't bragged enough on him lately, in my opinion. Please tell me something about Luke Combs, other than he's got that big bushy beard that uh, <laughs> we don't know about. Well, he just got engaged. Did he? Um, yeah. And uh, and his girlfriend's name leaves me. Uh, she, she was with him during CMA Fest. A friend of mine was escorting. Well, as long as she artists. doesn't leave Luke, that's the main thing. No. Well, see, he used to go to Whiskey Jam all the time, and he'd sit around, he'd watch people perform, and he literally got his start, you know, just being out every night networking and meeting people. And he met a guy named Ray Fulcher, who writes in the office with a couple of our guys. 
and I think Ray had six cuts on this one's for you. And Ray opens up his shows for him, and he's a Georgia boy. He's in that Georgia, mm-hmm. whatever in the water down there, Jason and uh, Cole Swindell and Dallas Davidson and Trey Landon, the new new signee from Georgia on uh, Warner Brothers. It's just something in the water down there. And then I got a, two kids from Georgia. I got uh, Trey Team and I got Justin Dukes. And I think he opened up for Luke not too long ago. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, – He's rocking and rolling, and he's you know he's with the independent label. They got picked up with major distribution. Well, so anyway, he's doing good. Yeah, he's and got a great song out there now. Uh, Long neck beer never let me down or never broke my heart or something like that. We played. Yeah, it. beer never broke my heart. Yeah, and actually, it's been. Uh, he actually broke the records last week on across the board on songs on on the Billboard charts. Um, I should have read it see i read every day about billboard i read country air check i read uh, uh anything to do with radio i do music row every day i read it i'm subscribed to that so i have so much news every day in my brain yeah just to keep up and then last night i was with uh the president of country programming for spotify john marks and the uh co-founder of big loud records who they've got chris lane and they were talking about just the algorithms and the things for the different streaming services and how you can actually break an artist through streaming services now without a label. And I was sitting there and Mike was taking notes and I'm just in my phone. I was taking bits and bobs, just keywords like artists, uh, like the things to do with artists. So it's a whole lot more, you know, you hear the songs on the radio, but just to hear them there, just the work behind that starts a year before you ever hear them on the radio yeah you know building your fan base and building your social media it's it literally makes my head spin <laughs> i mean i'm glad i'm not an artist i couldn't do it i don't have the skin for it yeah well luke combs if if you don't mind precious i've got kind of a, a neat little nickname for luke combs he's the anti luke brian <laughs> he is it yeah he is yeah metrosexual and luke combs i don't think go together and I love it. He's got his Columbia fishing shirts, and he doesn't have a, a very good shave going on either. But, boy, he has certainly cleaned up his act when it comes to great country music. And he's on a roll. The North Carolinian continues to shine. And, again, he was on the, the number one spot of the album chart two years ago today. And something tells me he's right there, or at least pretty close to it, here in 2019. Celebrating a birthday today in country music history. Today, Lester Flat of Flatt & Scruggs was born way back in 1914. He would have been, what's that, 105 years old today. Of course, one of the great songs oh, wow. of Flatt & Scruggs, The Ballad of Jed Clampett. Coming up, birthdays later in the week, Porter Howell of Little Texas, born in 1964. Kathy Matea, born on June 21st of 1959. I want to come back to Kathy in a second. Chris Christopherson, born June 22nd of 36. Allison Krauss, she's turning 48 years old this week, born on June 23rd of 1971. Kathy Matea turns, uh, what is that, 60 years old? Yeah, 60 yes, years I'm young. 57. Yeah, she's yes, turned she's 60 old years old this week. What do we know about Kathy Matea, a name that I haven't heard a whole lot about lately? Well, she has been doing, uh, been writing. Her husband is, um, uh, is actually, we endorsed him on the ukulele for our riptide, but he wrote, uh, um, 
Where Are You Now, a song about Alzheimer's of two old people in a nursing home, you know, that both had Alzheimer's. They were looking for each other. I think that song's uh, Where Have You Been. It was a hit for Kathy Matea. It was a hit for Kathy, but it was a real life story about her husband's parents. And, and I, and I have a brain fart. I can see her husband right now. He's got round glasses and a beautiful set of curly hair and beautiful head of curly hair. Isn't his name John something? Yeah, John. That's it. John Gerard? No, not John Gerard. No. um, Something like that. It'll come to us. So you and I both have a case of young timers. (laughs) Oh, my young timers. Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm still, I, I think we had about 14,000 words for CMA Fest last week that was written and not to mention. So it's, I'm still, you know, having post traumatic syndrome from working so hard at CMA Fest. But I do have to give a shout out to one of my friends uh, for his birthday was yesterday, Blake Shelton. Oh. And uh, what's going on with him and Garth Brooks? Well, they got a new single out coming out. Um, but anyway, I was going to tell and, you. And I don't mean that in a romantic way. What something's no, going no. on musically between Blake Shelton and Garth Brooks. Yes. Uh, Blake and Garth have got a, a, I actually got the press release today and uh, they've got a duo out and I'm excited to hear it. I haven't got to hear it yet, but I want to, I want to, uh, I want to, I would love to do a CD review and see what it's like. Cause just to have those two together, uh, singing a, about beer is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but it's called a dive bar is their duet. Uh. Uh, yeah, so well, anyway. I got to give a shout out to WCOS Radio here in South Carolina. I was cruising the back roads just outside of a pretty big town here in South Carolina called Vance, South Carolina. And I actually heard Garth get on the radio, and I know it was all pre recorded, but he said, Hey, everybody, I want to introduce this new song with Blake Shelton. He played it, and he actually called the call letters of the Columbia, South Carolina based radio station out. I'm sure he did this for stations all over the country, but they're going full steam ahead with marketing on this new Blake Shelton, Garth Brooks collaboration again, which I heard in Vance, South Carolina. Well, I think they did it last week or week before I joined CMA because they Ah. had the radio tours. Okay. I'm 99% sure it was music row live because I know that him and Garth, uh, I mean, I knew that Garth made an appearance there because I saw the pictures with my girlfriend who runs it. But yeah, you got to give it to Blake and Garth. You know, Blake was telling me some, um, some cool trivia that uh, he was on a label and at the time uh, the label had signed the golden boy at the time he was making number one records. His name was Clay Walker and a lady, a friend of mine actually back then who was head of A&R had pitched Blake the song because nobody was biting it. It was just like sort of dead, you know, and Blake goes, well, you know, I'm looking for his first single release as an artist out. He was with giant records and, and she pitched it to him. Debbie said, see what you think. He said, well, I like it, but let me let me try it out. So he contacted his producer, Bobby Braddock, and they played it with the piano. Well, Blake just fell in love with it. He called Debbie back and he said, hey, I want this song for my single to release it. Debbie said, we can't. She said, the label has put it on hold for Clay Walker. Mm. And he said, oh, man. So anyway, so he waited a while and Clay passed on the record. He didn't. He thought it was too slow to put out for summer. So anyway, so Blake got in front of 2,500 DJs from around the world at the Country Music DJ in February. And he said, I want to thank you, Clay Walker, for my career. He said, this is my first song. And it's called Austin. Yeah. 
I was in the room when you and I both heard him say that at Nashville at the radio seminar, and what a neat story. There's so many of those similar kind of stories in Nashville. It just takes one lucky break or sometimes somebody not quite understanding what's going on to have something literally fall in your lap. And in this case, it happened with Blake Shelton. It could have easily been recorded by Clay Walker. It could have been anybody else bigger than a guy that was unknown at that time on Giant Records. And then that deal fell apart at some point, and Blake made the shift from Giant to Warner Brothers. And, boy, he's doing well. In fact, right now, Precious, if we looked at the latest top five country airplay songs, we have in the top five Thomas Rhett with Look What God Gave Her. Morgan Wallen is on the chart with whiskey glasses from Morgan Wallen. That guy, Blake Shelton from Oklahoma, God's Country, checks in at number three. Number one is Brett Eldridge and Love Someone. And a guy at number two, and I saved the best for last here on Curb Records, a guy who literally is Love. from across Lake Marion, from where I am right now in South Carolina. His hometown is Sumter SC, a former Clemson Tiger football player, Lee Bryce and Rumor. And here is a Great testimonial for Lee Bryce. Okay, you ready for this, Precious? I'm ready. I love Lee. I see him a lot. You know my nine-year-old son. Okay, he's with me on the trip this week. And he has heard Lee Bryce's rumor. And I'm not kidding you. Before you came on the show, he was singing a portion of that song. So, hey, when you got nine-year-olds singing along to not even an upbeat song, this is kind of a, a groovy little number from Lee Bryce, Rumor. That's quite a thumb, big thumbs up to Lee Bryce. Oh, totally. And I love Lee. Like I said, I uh, one of the kids I judged many, many, many years ago, um, his name is Johnny Bulford. He wrote uh, a song for Lee, uh, for Lee Bryce. And I have a brain fart again. It's about a woman. Um, you better go to the doctor of, about all that brain flatulation you got going on. I know. I know. Too much like beer. I, too much beer. Blake Shelton's. <laughs> He's influenced too much. I wish you could much. blame it on beer. Yeah. All right. Hey. But no, Lee's a good one. Yeah, he is darn good. And that's hard for me to say since he, again, is. A woman like you. Woman like uh, you. That's yeah, it. Yeah. He's. He, I love. Uh, every time he has his song about being a dad, man, I, I just cry my eyes out when I see that music video. Hey, Precious, before we get out of here, let's talk about a group from your native Commonwealth of Kentucky, the Kentucky Headhunters. They're about to celebrate the 13th or 30th, rather, 30th anniversary of their Grammy-winning debut album, Pick It on Nashville. What an awesome record back on Mercury Records. And how about that 30th anniversary, 30 years of Kentucky Headhunters music? Oh, yes. Well, of course, you know, I went to, we were, Doug, the bass player, Doug Phelps, he and I were in FFA together. Oh, man. Did so, you learn anything or were you just there to play along with his hair? Oh, I wish. But see, we, we knew each other, but his hair wasn't that long in high school. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, but I remember being at the party on Music Row for the Grammy, uh, not the Grammy party, I'm sorry. Uh, it was the Street Fest, uh, the Grammy Street Fest in May. And they were there because, you know, Mercury had their little people out there. And it was Shania was there and the Headhunters. And I remember seeing them on Nashville with their FFA when they won Album of the Year. I think it was in 91, 90 or 91, Mm -hmm. uh, for picking on Nashville. They had their FFA jackets on. Wow. What county? What county? Well, they're all Medcalf County, but we were, we were, I was in Emerson County and they were in Medcalf County, but it was Barron River region. We were all in the same region, FFA chapters. There was seven or eight of us schools. We were all in that region. And it's so funny. 
the secretary of the region now owns he is the president of the NAB National Association of Broadcasters hmm. and then the the president at the time of our FFA region is over all the agriculture teachers in the United States and Puerto Rico. Golly, big things there from Western Kentucky. By the way, picking on Nashville sold over 2 million records. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of picking on Nashville from the Kentucky Headhunters, there'll be a special concert on June 28th at the Easement East, or Basement East, I'm sorry, at the Basement East in Nashville. Not familiar with that venue, Precious. Well, I'll tell you about that venue. It's actually owned by a boy from Owensboro by the name of Mike Grimes. Hmm. And he also owns Grimey's Record Shop, which is one of the top 10 most uh, celebrated uh, record stores in America. It's called Grimey's Pre-Loved and New Music uh, Vinyl. But yeah, his name is Mike Grimes. And sometimes when I did want to drive back to Bowling Green, I would crash on their couch. And he was with a band called Go Go Surreal. And it was all that college stuff back then, you know, with uh, government cheese and something like they were Walk the West. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course, the the Headhunters were called the Itchy Brothers before they be called the Kentucky Headhunters. They were backup band for Ronnie McDowell in 1977 when he sang The King is Gone. Mm. Ricky Lee and Doug Phelps are two brothers that kind of got Kentucky Headhunters going, but had a lot of help there along the way and precious if i'm if i'm driving around davidson county and i want to find the basement east what part of nashville is that in it's actually in east nashville just go down main street Mm -hmm. uh and uh take a right on woodland and it's actually uh right there on woodland it's like one block over from uh from Main Street there, uh, when, you, when you're when you going across the bridge, going towards East Nashville on Main Street, gotcha. before it becomes Gallatin Road. And everybody invited to celebrate there in East Nashville on June 28th at the Basement East as Kentucky Headhunters gets ready for their 30th birthday party. Precious, we just had our first birthday party on Tuesday as we had one year of y'all under our belt, and you've been a big part of that along the way. We can't thank you enough for what you do each week, bringing us all the latest from Nashville, country music, capital and we look forward to a whole nother year of good stuff coming from you madam well i appreciate it and i love doing it because i love talking about kentucky i love talking about the south and i love talking about music so all three things the three musketeers all right precious harris again author of i know country and you can find more info on that at iknowcountry.com precious also she has the website nashvillemusicline.com where she covers all things music career development. Check it out. Precious, have a great day. We look forward to catching up with you again next week. You too, and y'all have a safe trip back to Tennessee. Bye. Yes, Precious Harris, everybody. Well, that will conclude our Y'all Show today from Holly Hill, South Carolina. We'll continue our broadcast from throughout the Palmetto State in the days to come, so enjoy it here this week as we celebrate this first birthday of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Coming up on the Thursday, y'all, we'll have our SEC Spotlight, let you know what all's going on with the SEC's contingent of teams at the College World Series in Omaha. The latest SEC football happenings, we'll cover that, and we've got a lot more fun stuff to catch up with as we broadcast from the Palmetto State where they've got plenty of great barbecue, big-sized mosquitoes, and a whole lot of fun. And we do that each and every day that we're here in South Carolina, and we do it each and every day that we're on the air with the All Southern Show. John Rawl signing off. Thanks again to the Singletary family for putting up with me. This has been Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent from Holly Hill, South Carolina.
If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.